This is Train to Perform, the undisputed alpha podcast in training, fitness, and sports performance. Here, you'll develop your skills with the cold, hard facts in fitness, sports performance, recovery, and nutrition. Real, tried and true, evidence-based facts that have been proven to move you faster, move you stronger, and move you forward. Now, here's your host of Train to Perform, Julian Sisman. And welcome back to the Train to Perform podcast here with your host, Julian Sisman. Uh, Thank you again for listening. Really appreciate it. Today we have Dr. Spencer Nadolsky uh, changing up a little bit. Um, The past few, we've been talking about a lot of performance stuff. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about like weight management, um, fat loss, weight loss, um, and what he is doing with people that he works with majority online and through, um, obviously through his own brand. And then he also is a part of a group of amazing strength coaches, PhDs, and uh, dietitians with Renaissance Periodization. Uh, I have attached some information below, but uh, we go over a ton of topics, um, especially the topics of like high blood pressure, high blood sugar levels, so diabetes, um, and how to you know work your way off of being diabetic, um, you know what the prescription would be as far as like diet, exercise, um, and j- just a little bit more detail about you know, how to adhere new habits to help you get through, you know, the, the tough, um, you know, tough time of, you know, losing weight, fat loss, more or less, because that's what we're, that's what the goal is to lose fat. But anyways, I don't want to go into more detail about what we've talked about because I want you guys to listen. Please, if you listen, please write a review um, and I would love to get some feedback. Uh, appreciate it and hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks. So give me a little bit of your background, where you're from, you know, kind of where, like why you chose the path that you chose and yeah. Nice. Yeah. So uh, I grew up in a, a very athletic, but also academic family. My dad is a biology chemistry teacher as long as, uh, along with being the wrestling uh, and also a football coach. So my brother is four years older than I am. So he kind of uh, was a little bit of a trailblazer for us, but very academic, he ended up wrestling at Michigan State University, uh, did very well. He ended up going to medical school too. Okay. And now he's an endocrinologist. So I kind of followed the path. Uh, I use diet and exercise to become really good at athletics, of course. I worked hard, um, which is the most important, but I kind of took this more scientific route and I had to gain a lot of weight in, in high school. So I used uh, diet and, and exercise science to grow as big as and strong as possible. So I ended up being like a heavyweight wrestler from freshman year, I was a 145-pounder in wrestling. Ended wow. up being a state champ and all-state in football. Uh, went to Michigan State to play football. Kind of long story short, I ended up wrestling at UNC Chapel Hill as their heavyweight for three years. Did really well there. But um, 
uh, yeah, the coach got fired at Michigan State. I, I ended up transferring and okay. tried to do both. Realized I wasn't Bo Jackson. Had to pick one sport because I couldn't handle doing not having an off season. Yeah. Wrestling and football is pretty tough um, together, but. Yeah. So that, and, and then afterwards I was like, all right, I like the performance sports performance thing, but I really want to, um, really want to deal with chronic disease and preventive medicine type of thing. So I went to medical school and then eventually specialized first into family medicine, which is the broadest of all medicines. Basically, uh, you pretty much do a little bit of everything, but then I specialized further into obesity medicine and then lipidology, which is like the study of cholesterol and lipids like triglycerides. Okay. So now uh, I'm all online because I also think that our current medical system is a little bit archaic in that, like, you know, we all communicate, you know, we're on, we're on a Zoom call right now. We, we can uh, Skype, Zoom, whatever it is, and, and communicate from afar. And we don't necessarily need to see everything in person. We should try to be more efficient. You don't need to have a million dollar building and, and, technicians and whatever to have a patient come back and be exposed to all sorts of different potential illnesses, especially during like this pandemic, we're seeing a, a big surge in telemedicine. So uh, about four years ago, I got into telemedicine um, and pretty much doing everything online and also being efficient too with it. You know, I have a, a team of RDs, registered dietitians and, and other coaches that can improve my patient's lifestyle. So what I do is I basically take people through lifestyle programs and use medicines as needed. Uh, I'm not against big pharma or anything like that, but um, uh, kind of this multidisciplinary approach through the most efficient way possible, which is, I believe, mostly online and really helping people uh, cure or put their chronic disease into remission and prevent it as well. So that's, that's kind of my background, you know, started as sports performance to be good for myself. Yeah. Now I'm that I'm a washed up athlete <laughs> and I, I want to use that uh, to, to basically improve the health of others and not, I, I like sports performance for some, it's a little bit of a hobby, but it's not my main focus anymore. Yeah. So when, um, when you finished, uh, medical school, like, did you go, like, I'm, I'm assuming you were somewhere, where, I mean, first of all, where'd you go to medical school? Uh, Virginia Tech, they have this uh, osteopathic medical school called oh. uh, Virginia College of Osteopathic Medicine. Now it's called the VIA College because they, they're also in like North Carolina and, and there's one in Auburn uh, and South Carolina. They have a bunch of them uh, now. They're, they're kind of expanding, but at the time, it was VCOM, Virginia College of Osteopathic Medicine in, awesome. on, uh, in Blacksburg. And then you, I'm assuming, where, did you, is that, because, so, for people listening, <laughs> the reason I, I brought him on here is because he used to actually, he was actually my doctor for like one visit. <laughs> uh, but were you in this area, then you came to this area for uh, the D.C. area, is that where you started? And then you yeah, no, go online. That's when basically. Yeah. So my, my wife's a Navy doctor. We okay. went from Portsmouth, Virginia, then to DC area. And then they just sent us to San Diego. Okay. And in the midst of when I saw, saw you in the clinic, uh, that's like right after that is basically right when I went all online. Yeah. Uh, and then we moved to San Diego and then um, now I can just pretty much move wherever and still take my patients. Awesome. So how, how, so just kind of get a, an idea of like how that works. Um, 
So I'm, I'm assuming if someone is interested in working with you, you know, they, they search you online or maybe, you know, through this plat, through this conversation that we're having here, they find you and um, they're looking for, you know, something that you do online. What type of services are, I mean, obviously I know it's online, but like what things can you help individuals with? I mean, you talk about chronic disease. So I guess like, what are some of the, the, the specialties or things that kind of pop up the most that you feel that are, um, that you deal with a lot? Yeah. So mostly I deal with like things like type two diabetes, hyperlipidemia, just high cholesterol type of conditions, anything related to obesity. So, you know, uh, that's blood sugar, blood pressure, cholesterol. I also do a lot of thyroid. I have a, you know, thyroid issue myself. So a lot of people see me for that and all these types of things you can do really well online, chronic disease management, what mm-hmm. most people say is like, how do you treat somebody if you don't see them in person and touch them, you know, put your hands on them type of thing. And it's kind of a myth that you need to do that for every single thing. I do think it's important. You get to know patients better if you see them in person, a little bit more like the body language other than just the computer screen. It's, it is a little bit different, but, um, you know, I don't, need, I don't need to feel somebody to adjust their thyroid medicine or their blood sugar medicines. I I, I look at labs and I talk to them about what yeah. their lifestyle is about. If somebody has abdominal pain and I can listen to their history, but like, you know, they may, if they're a, a woman, they may need a pelvic exam. Then mm-hmm. uh, I can't do that virtually, obviously. And I can't touch their t- stomach and see, Hey, is it tender in this spot? And then decide what they need to do. But based on, based on like talking to them, what we call the history, we do a, a thorough history. We can go, okay. I don't think you need the ER right now, but I do think you're going to need an examination within the next couple of days, or you should go to the urgent care, or you do need to go to the ER because this sounds urgent at this moment. So it's, it's a, it's a, people always, you know, like, how is this even possible, man? You're, you're, you're doing something dangerous. And we know we still practice standard of care um, because I, I wouldn't do anything or say to do anything unless I was, pretty sure. Um, so if I think it's an emergency or urgent, I, I have them see somebody. But in general, I do mostly chronic disease type of stuff, the stuff that's not urgent. Although I do, you know, if somebody has a sinus infection, I can talk them through and be like, yeah, you do or do not need antibiotics and that type of thing. Yeah. So um, with the chronic diseases, um, what's, you know, obviously, there's a plethora of things kind of like under obesity that co- can cause obesity. Um, what do you find, what have you found as like, you know, one of the bigger issues causing like obesity? Like I know exercise, diet and all that kind of has, a, a plays a role, but I mean, are those the main factors or is that like, you know, one of multiple different things? Maybe someone has some like, um, uh, past like family history, like do those play roles too? Or is it just, you know, their lifestyle that really can, should be changed and then can help really help them? Yeah. You really should take a holistic approach when you're talking to a baby, like what's, what's your dieting history? Like what's your family? Like, what did you grow up? Like, what did you have excess uh, weight, you know, when you're younger or did it come on slowly after college or after marriage, after a job moving, 
those types of things. So you, you, you want to get a detailed history so you can kind of get some clues about what's going on. Mm-hmm. In general, the cause of obesity is, is usually very highly likely just lifestyle related, but something may have pushed that person into that lifestyle, so to speak, or nudged them, I should say. No one, most people aren't usually pushed into it. They're nudged multiple times throughout the day to kind of eat a little bit more than they're thinking, eat a, a higher calorie foods than they think or, or even think about. So like, you know, if, if we all lived on an island or an area where we had to, if we had to go gather our own food and it all came from trees and bushes and then once in a while we hunted for our own food, yeah. none of us, it, it, very unlikely any of us would have uh, excess adipose tissue. The thing is we're surrounded by foods that taste very good, that are relatively cheap and our bodies kind of of crave it. So, and then there becomes a a point where we get that excess weight and then it's really hard to lose it and and keep it off because our bodies kind of fight to keep it on, unfortunately. So yeah, it's mostly lifestyle related, but I do, I make sure to screen for secondary causes. So things like hypothyroidism, you know, it doesn't necessarily cause obesity, but it can, it can be associated with a a small amount of weight gain. And uh, uh, I do look for obesity uh, related diseases. So, you know, like those blood sugars and and that type of thing. There's some other rare causes of obesity, uh, genetic wise, very rare, but you, you know, we are mindful of those types yeah. of things. So you, you touch us, you touch something that like, I always ask about to like people that deal with like weight management. Do you find that when you're younger and you know, like obviously now, like we have kids that are like obese, which is it's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy, but it's just like, you know, when I was growing up, like totally different. I mean, you're probably a little bit older than me, but, I'm not that old, young, <laughs> but when I was younger, like, I mean, we're playing outside like all the time. So, you know, move, movement was like, was often, um, obviously now with kids, I mean, even now, like even, even more, you know, with this COVID causing people to sit inside all day, um, not, you know, kids are not going out as much. Do you find that like when a kid is obese at a younger age and they're now like in, you know, in their twenties and, you know, maybe even thirties, like, uh, have you found that like, it just, the trend just keeps going up and it's harder to lose weight or is, I mean, I know it's possible, but like, you know, is there like a fine line of like, Hey, you got to like do something now where it's going to get worse type of thing. Yeah. Ideally the sooner, the, the better and the easier. That's kind of one of the hypothesis hypotheses that's out there is that like, a young age, your BMI, your weight, whatever will predict, you know, when you're older, because it is your body is going to fight against you. And as you get older, it does become a little bit harder, mm-hmm. obviously, for multiple reasons. But um, yeah, that is, that is something that like, ideally, we would prevent it from occurring in the first place. That's the most, that's the most obvious and easiest way to do it. Uh, but because once you have the obesity, it is hard to, to get it off. So yeah, if we can prevent it when you're younger, and it may be that if you have it younger, you may have this propensity or, or higher likelihood of having it more so when you're an adult. 
Yeah. So, oh, so you're saying, okay, I understand what you're saying. So basically, like, if you're... Yeah, let's, yeah, let's prevent it, yeah. It, yeah. Ideally prevent it. And if you do have it when you're younger, yeah, it, it's, it's a predictor of adulthood obesity, too. And then I have, then I have like the opposite question. So you have some of these people that are, and, and this kind of ties in maybe with like, maybe like a thyroid question. So you have some of these kids that are obese at a young age. I'm not saying that they have a thyroid issue. Obviously it's probably cons- consumption of food. But then you have kids that are like extremely, extremely skinny that are like, you know, crushing food all the time, still skinny. What is the probability, and I don't know if you know this, of them later on because, like, they believe that, oh, I'm never going to, like, put on weight because of my, you know, metabolism. Um, Is there, like, any trend now saying that, like, you know, there's those kids that are called, you could say skinny fat, that's what they call, so-called call them, Um, being obese when they get older, thinking that they won't, they don't need to, like, lower their consumption of food as they get older. Yeah, that's a great, that's actually a really great question. I don't think it's ever been answered or looked at into the data. However, I would say that, I'd say anecdotally, meaning like just in my experience, I've seen this happen with wrestlers uh, specifically. Just, they just ate crap. But they were, I mean, the amount of exercise we were doing was so much that it was just hard not to lose weight. So you, once they're done expending that much energy when their wrestling career is over, I've seen many of these folks just balloon up because they continue to eat the same way. Same thing with like football players. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you see the opposite because they know they need to do something about it. But um, yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I go and check on my you know, high school friends on Facebook, just extremely lean individuals during high school. And they, they had poor dietary habits and then, you know, we're not as active anymore. We get jobs, we get married, you start, you know, making money, you, 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 you're bored, whatever. <laughs> and man, the weight comes on. So like, it's, it doesn't, um, it doesn't, weight doesn't discriminate yeah. necessarily. So uh, that's why it's kind of important to get into those uh, healthy habits when you're younger, ideally, you know, so your parents your parents hopefully set you up for success. So that's why it's, it's such a complex thing because it's easy for me to say, Hey, obesity is a choice and you just need to eat less, move more, eat better diet, exercise, whatever. But um, if you have these ingrained habits from childhood, it's a bit difficult to maybe change that. And, you know, people will wag their finger like you just need to eat better. It's like, yeah, (laughs) duh. Like that's of course. Yeah. But it's it's easier said than done for some people. So when you when you've been set up a certain way, so I always yeah. make sure to point that out. Yeah, I mean the habits are. I, I mean I think that for weight loss and fat loss in any any situation um, is is the most important. I mean, you know, I, I've told you this before. Like I have a liver disease, and when I found out that like I uh, the was like kind of overweight. Um, you know, that, that like, that was the, and it's always like a dramatic, uh, like smoke for most people to make those change, like really, really big changes. It's always something very like, you know, help like dramatic, like it's kind of like place a huge possible detriment to your health. And that's what flipped the switch for me when I was like 18 years old. Thank God it was that young. Cause you know, all the habits that I kind of like 
changed like literally overnight. Um, you know, still with me to today and still learning, you know, new ones. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's hard and it takes, I mean, and that's the problem. Um, and you probably know this more than I do. It's just like, people think like things are just going to, you know, weight's going to just drop off <laughs> in two or three months. Yes, a little bit, but you know, then the big changes occur like, you know, over, you know, months and years. And, 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 and that's where like, I think a lot of people just kind of like don't want to uh, like accept that it's like a longer than they think it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you? Um, so what, so now that you're, you know, out West, uh, were you with, um, RP, uh, when you were here or did you, was this something more recent? Uh, so when I moved out here, I had already been, uh, collaborating with them on certain projects. Mm. And then eventually, uh, we discussed and said, Hey, you know what? I, my practice style and style of, of teaching is basically the RP style. You know, mm. I called it my own thing whatever fat loss prescription yada 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 it's all the same it's all based on science it's just you can brand it whatever way and they said why don't why don't you join our team and i said well i don't know i kind of like this entrepreneurial lifestyle it's kind of the way i am and they said yeah you can still do that with us and they discussed how to do that and yada 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 and i'm like i'm team rp now because i just i it's actually the other thing is like having a great team surrounding you. Like I couldn't do it all. I, I'm not good at certain aspects of business. Whereas uh, they have team members uh, um, that are, are very good at that. And we, I, I, but I'm good at other things too. So we thought it was a very good um, fit. Yeah. And it's going very well. It's nothing but amazing to say uh, things to say about RP as a company. So, yeah, we yeah. work very well together and, and try to create products and information and uh, that is scientifically based without hype, too much hype. I mean, I've tried to do the hype route a few times, sometimes backfires. It's an interesting, interesting thing because you, you, you're going up against these marketers that basically are selling snake oil <laughs> and they make it seem like they're going to cure everything that ails you, including... You know, if you want six pack abs, you got to do this six week program that uh, costs ninety seven dollars, and yada yada yada. Whereas we take the approach where it's like, hey, if you do the work, if you follow science, it will work. But it's going to be work. So you set them up, um, uh, understanding that they're they're going to have to put in effort. Whereas these other slick marketers are basically like, no, you just follow my simple, easy to do program and the fat falls off of you or whatever claim that they're making. Yeah. So we, we've taken the opposite approach and actually it's, it's paid off well, but um, you know, we'll, we'll never be as, as, uh, as hyped as, as some of these other people out there. No, I mean, you guys are doing whatever they're doing is, is, is legit. Like I've used the app like multiple times and it's worked very well. Um, when you, when you, when you, provide somebody information when someone comes to you talking about exact 
kind of tagging along with your, what you were just saying about like program and like six week program. When you tell someone, when someone comes to you and they say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to lose fat. I'm trying to be here or whatever. What is your guys's recommendation as far as like the, um, the, the timeline, like that's sustainable um, for somebody? Yeah, so it depends on how much fat they have to lose or want to lose or need to lose and how fast they want to do it. Someone with a high amount of fat uh, to lose, it's going to take a long time and some may need to do it a little bit faster than others. And it kind of depends on the individual. Okay. So uh, if someone's leaner, we, we generally have them shorter, uh, shorter periods of dieting, six to eight weeks maybe at the most. Where somebody has more fat to lose, it may be more like 12, maybe even 24 weeks. It, it just, it kind of depends. And that, and, and that, that may be more of our one-on-one coaching as opposed to our app. But um, uh, yeah, so it really depends on the individual. Leaner, leaner shorter bouts uh, of, of fat loss, more weight to lose, a little bit longer in general. And you may go a little bit faster uh, depending on the person. With the, with your, with these programs, is it, it's just food, the, the, the weight training and all that kind of stuff is, is separate, correct? Yeah. With our current app, it's food only. We're working on all sorts of different um, uh, things. So we have, we have our templates for our diets. Those were the original. We turned it into an app. Uh, and now I have like health templates as well. So if like you have PCOS or thyroid issues, you can do a template. Oh, awesome. If you're just going for general weight loss, we generally recommend the app or weight or weight gain, like muscle gain. And then currently we have training templates, um, but eventually we'll probably have an app for that. And also uh, we have our one-on-one coaching, which is just absolutely personalized working with somebody to, uh, for accountability. Uh, we, um, so we have all sorts of different options there. Awesome. Um, wanted to kind of just this question popped in my head. Um, when it comes to, uh, these, um, you're, you're talking about the chronic diseases, when you do like blood work type stuff, like what are you like, what are, what's the, like the landscape? Like, what do you look for in somebody that's, you know, an obese, obviously I know it's blood sugar, blood pressure, like those simple things. Are there anything like more detailed thing like numbers that could set off like them to you know want to eat more or you know increase food consumption or not want to work out things like that is there something that like trick could trick like you you see it's like this number is like way not correct or something like that yeah so there are hypotheses guesses of of what may be uh validated biomarkers to test for that nothing's been validated yet though you know we can check insulin levels which is like if your insulin's high your blood sugars and everything can kind of look normal but you can you see they hold a lot of their weight around their waist and then you can check a fasting insulin level and go you know what you're probably insulin resistant and that doesn't necessarily change how you treat them you want them to get them to lose weight regardless um, of that and it's not known whether you know any one particular type of diet will improve that. We know that just eating fewer calories than they burn will help. And we always try to improve the quality of their diet, more plants in their diet, that type of thing. But um, there's no biomarkers that can say like, oh yeah, this is going to cause them 
to eat more or whatever, but we can get more in-depth uh, metabolic markers to what we call risk stratify. Like if you're at, we can see maybe if you're at a high risk, if you have some of these markers of the consequences of obesity, which may give them some more motivation, maybe to want to stick to their program a little bit more, but that's, it's not, it's not, I could do all the biomarkers on every single person and it's not going to necessarily motivate them. Uh, people have to find their, their reason why yeah. and it may be health related or maybe not, but, uh, yeah, we do have some cool biomarkers, just not, it won't necessarily predict if they're eating more. Okay. Um, talk about diet, any, any, any specific diet you, you, you choose or you just sort of try to help people understand you know, food and, you know, how different food, like when I, when I mean by like diet, like keto and Mediterranean and things like that, or is it just totally, Hey, you know, this is what we recommend. This is what we suggest. Um, this is for, especially for your situation. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I intend to push people towards like a higher plant based type of diet and the proteins are usually lean, but like, you know, I make fun of ketogenic diets, but really, you know, if you have type two diabetes that's uncontrolled, that might not be a bad idea. It's mm -hmm. just that I find that for most people, they try to do it and they're just like, it's just so restrictive, but yeah. every diet's somewhat restrictive in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so, uh, but in general, I, I have people improve their quality. I have them understand portions. And, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Like you'll, you'll see that they're, they're keto doctors and they have one tool in their box and it's keto. Yeah. They never do anything else because they believe nothing else works. Well, I have patients that have lost hundreds of pounds and have kept it off using a low fat diet, high carb, low fat. Well, that doesn't make sense if keto is the only one that works. Yeah. But uh, they'll say, no, that those are just that's not possible kind of thing. It's like, well, it, it, it's literally just happened. <laughs> I, I, so I don't push, I, I, I tend to discuss what I, you know, with the patients and we kind of see what, um, what we think will work best for them. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like, you just, let's just try something and let's see how it goes. And then we address their hunger because hunger is such a huge reason for why people fail diets. They just, they become hungry. So we kind of feel, find a way that, to make people not so hungry and they feel satiated after meals. They, you know, you don't have to have the most pleasure from a diet. I mean, if that's the case, then we're eating pizza, hamburgers, and French fries most of the time. That's mm -hmm. very pleasant, but we can find ways to have it somewhat pleasant while reducing the calorie intake while keeping them satiated. That's, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And, and, and do most of your clients, um, you know, that come to you, I'm, I'm assuming you recommend some type of exercise prescription. Oh yeah. Uh, if possible, I get everybody working out, lifting weights, but not everybody's into that. So, um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of find what their preferences are okay. and I get them to do whatever I think that they're going to stick to. Ideally a, um, uh, a combination of resistance training and aerobic training, but uh, you know, not everybody's, not everybody will do that. So we just find what they're going to do and, yeah. and stick to it. Just kind of stick, trying to find something that they feel comfortable doing, um, and you see success with it. Um, 
when it comes to um, you know maintenance and things like that, what do you suggest to them so like they don't like kind of go back to where they started? Like when they get to that like somewhat plateau or not really plateau, but like their number that they you know strive for. Like how does that conversation go with an individual? Um, when they get to like, say the weight that they ideally want to get to, you know, cause I'm, obviously you're restricting calories to begin with, but like, once you get to a certain weight, you need to kind of, uh, you know, or a certain place, the amount of, you're going to kind of like reverse diet a little bit. Um, how does that conversation go with some people? I mean, I know it could be difficult for some to like, think about like, oh, I can eat a little bit more. And then sometimes I don't know if it the little goes to a lot more. Um, so how do you, yeah. how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. I discuss it very frankly, really. I mean, I, you talk about the, the little habits of food quality and stuff need to stay there, but in terms of like energy, it's like, yeah, you'll be able to eat more. Once you, once you get to your weight, you will be able to eat more than what you are right now. And the goal is to find a level and, and, and where you feel good, your energy's back up. You're, feeling like you're performing well in the gym and maybe you're able to improve your performance because you're eating a little bit more and then you can increase the amount of exercise that you're doing a little bit more and then you can even eat more than what we think you could. So it's all these little things, but emphasizing that the weight maintenance, this is the most important part. It's not the sexiest part because it's like the scale's not moving anymore. Mm -hmm. So focusing on those like performance uh, metrics in the gym, like, oh, wow, getting stronger now let's focus on that but keeping the scale within maybe a, a five pound range and if it starts creeping up we want to make sure it's muscle if it's not muscle then we got to adjust something again um but that it's such an important because that's that's where most people fail it's like yeah they lost the weight and then just after a year or so the weight just starts creeping up and up and up so it is it's what we we focus on do you got do you uh recommend um maybe the beginning or maybe when they get to that that weight uh some type of like body composition test to see you know where what lean mass they're at and then allow them to see allow them to kind of see the numbers or is this something that you know you just kind of like kind of base it off of like just visually seeing that yeah, obviously it's, it would be great to do like a DEXA scan on everybody and, and just follow. But um, I see most people who want to do that type of thing are the ones that are really interested in lifting weights because that they see the importance of weightlifting to hold on to their muscle and their bone too. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, it would be great, but not everybody does it. Or once, even, even an RMR, or is it just, or do you just stick with, or you would ideally just stick with a body composition? Yeah, you can do an RMR too, but it doesn't necessarily change. Uh, it doesn't change our our intervention because, mm-hmm. like, it's not going to necessarily. Once you get to maintenance and you increasing your calories, I mean, you could you could do it for academic purposes. Going, wow, wow, this really did kind of increase my metabolic rate, but like what we really want to monitor is, is the weight and body composition. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean, I guess that would, that would be, would, would you do that at the, like a beginning of like, say like an, a, a time that somebody comes to you, would you, 
I mean, would you recommend that at the beginning or would you like, where would you highly, where would you recommend to do some kind of assessment to see like that progress? Yeah, you could. Obviously the nut weight on a scale will show you, but, uh, you know, you and I know that, you know, weight fluctuates so much. Uh, I would assume that you care a lot more about lean mass and fat mass. Yeah, yeah. So you could do you could do the DEXA in the beginning, uh, and but if it's not available, you can do what's like body circumferences. A waist circumference is probably good enough. Mm-hmm. And so that way you can see that hey, we're reducing the abdominal fat, which is the most uh, the worst fat to have really when it comes to your health. And the scale may not be budging as much because of the fluctuations and averages, but you'll see that the fat is going away from that abdominal region. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even if you don't have a DEXA scan, you can see that like, hey, the person's strength is going up in the gym or at least maintaining. So they're likely keeping the muscle that they have. You don't nec- it, It's nice to be more precise with a DEXA scan, uh, but it's not 100% needed. Yeah. Yeah, ideally in the beginning, during, and after, and continually monitoring. I think eventually we'll get to that point, but uh, we're just, you know, just just kind of a, a an expense cost. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's uh, no, the reason I ask that is because uh, I, I use it quite a bit. I will kind of haven't used it for a while, obviously, because of the situation we're in right now. But it's it's pretty interesting to see, uh, you know, the changes. I mean, because the one the first time I ever went there, like especially the visceral fat around uh, the organs was like a little bit high. And then I recently went like maybe like a year ago and it was like zero and I've never seen, and I've never seen that before. Um, but it's pretty interesting to yeah. see the details it provides to you. Um, especially like that deep into the body, which is cool. Um, and I just, I just find it like very helpful. I mean, uh, as a strain coach to for you know my clients to see i think seeing numbers for you know people in general um just allows them some sort of like you know validation of like oh this is okay this is like this is a this is legit like okay i understand where i'm at and i guess it allows them to see where like where they need to start and like um because i, I don't know like when you come to, when somebody comes to me and is like, Oh, I want to lose weight and fat loss. And, you know, I look at them and they look pretty big. Like, obviously it's, you know, uh, you gotta, I look at like a lot of people and say like the nutritional problem issue, the, the nutritional aspect of it is probably the biggest issue and maybe some lifestyle, other lifestyle issues. Um, but you know, you know, if you had to give somebody like tips, you know, today, like three, five tips, you know, what would be your sort of tips like on if they're coming to you if, that you've seen over time, you know, hey, this is what I would do if you can't really see a doctor for fat loss. But like, you know, this is what I would do to help you lose that fat and lose that weight. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it's kind of why we have like the app and our templates because it's just, it's an all-in-one comprehensive program that's affordable without needing to get a, a coach or a, a yeah. physician. So it basically gives you the portions of food and what types of food to eat without being so restrictive that you have to eat chicken breasts and broccoli and brown rice. You can 
switch them out for different types of uh, foods that you may enjoy more and just have a more variety. But yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, like I used to have a list of little tips, but like honestly giving a little bit more direction as opposed to just kind of somewhat vague of tips uh, works best. That's why we kind of created those things. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, kind of bring this to a close, like where, where, like what's going on with you within the next year? Like, what do you guys got going on? Is, uh, is it just working on the app, making it, improving it, um, you know, seeing more people? Um, we know where, where do you see, what, what, I guess, like, what do you guys got, come, or what do you, or what do you, you and RP got coming up, like, just to kind of get nice? Yeah. Working on doing some, a new thing with the app in terms of, like, simplifying it for people that don't want to be as, like, um, uh, advanced because sometimes a lot we get a lot of athletes which is fine and people really into it but they may be beginners and they may want a more simplified version so we're working on that working on an app for the training and um, I'm continually creating more health templates to uh, to cater to the more disease states to put those into remission as opposed to like our app, we just don't recommend anybody with health con- health conditions because we do want to be a little bit more um, directed when it, if you have some sort of health issue. But so that's that's pretty much it. Improving our coaching program, we have awesome, amazing coaches, registered dietitians, PhDs, uh, and uh, writing books as well. Doing YouTube videos and trying to kind of educate the audience out there, educate the world because there's a lot of people that push a lot of marketing BS that. Yeah, I simply can't stand, and yeah, they're people are getting duped. So I'm um, trying to help with that too. What 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 do you currently have as far as your templates that you've created for like um, the dis- uh, like chronic diseases that you're seeing? Yeah. Kind so of- we have PCOS, we have a, a hypothyroidism, a low thyroid one, and we have a breastfeeding app or a template. So because you have to actually eat more calories when you're breastfeeding, but you also want to have enough calories that you, you know, you're not depriving your baby. So um, it's a it's a delicate balance. So we don't have that available on the app. We have a template for that though, mm-hmm. and that's at our sister site rphealth.com. Okay. Um, so yeah, and then I'll be creating a few more like type two diabetes and and a few things like that. It's awesome. Well, I know you're probably busy, um, and I appreciate you you know taking the time out of your day and coming on here with me. Um, can you let my listeners and people that I'll probably share this with kind of know where they can learn more about what you do? Obviously RP, but just you in general, like what's your, you know, where, where are you mostly on like Instagram, Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. I'm all over the place, but Instagram's probably my most active one at Dr. Nadolsky, D-R-N-A-D-O-L-S-K-Y. And then my YouTube channel is pretty new, but uh, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky. And then uh, I'm on Twitter and I do have, I, I'm active on there, but I just, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Twitter. <laughs> I have a face pro Facebook page. That is where I originally started getting most of my social media, but um, yeah. And then you can check out Renaissance periodization.com or rpstrength.com and then our sister site, rphealth.com. Cool. Awesome, man. Um, again, like I said, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky, appreciate you uh, coming on here. Um, 
look forward to talking to you sometime soon and maybe I'll see you sometime <laughs> once the traveling yeah, gets back. Yeah, once we travel again. again. Jeez, yeah. I'll see you at one of these conferences. Yeah, right? It was kind of funny seeing you. Uh, yeah, I, know, I, know so you I know you probably know all those guys that were there. Um, yeah, I was working with Craig for a little bit. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? The guy that was... Yeah, mm-hmm. Craig Um For a little bit, yeah. So great great uh, anybody that was there was great like i learned so much stuff but it was was it's good to see you too yeah awesome man good 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 chatting with you all right good to chat man thank you again appreciate it all right you too Thanks for listening to Train to Perform with Julian Sisman. Learn how you can work with Julian in a personal training session, either online or in person at prepareforperformance.com. And follow on social media for more tips on training, fitness, and sports performance on Twitter at jsisman underscore PFP and Instagram at prepareforperformance.